are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. Happy start to the week here on a Monday show alongside our Monday co-host, Jay Stevens. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking just moments after the conclusion, actually, on Saturday of the Nebraska and Illinois matchup that started off not only the Big Ten season, but really all of college football. And Jay, a big win for Brett Bielema and the Fighting Illini to start off the season. I've got plenty to ask you, but I'll just straight up ask you off the bat. What what did you have to think about what happened out there in Champaign here today when we're talking and, of course, people listening on Monday? Not sure if you want to start with the Brandon Peters injury, which led to Sikowski coming in, or Adrian Martinez and how he played uh, the defense and the turnovers and the missed field goals. And there was so much that went into the first game of the regular season. You kind of expect some of the things that I just mentioned, not the injury, but you do kind of expect there to be some fumbles, some hiccups, maybe a missed field goal or two during the first game of the year, especially when you're trying to work out the kinks. And there's going to be a lot of butterflies and things going through, but it was a an okay game. I guess it wasn't a bad game. I won't say it was like a atrocious game, a game where like you would have turned the game off in the first quarter. I think if this game was week six, you probably would have said that. But with it being the first game of the year, you're kind of intrigued, more intrigued than you thought you might be by all of the details that go into the Nebraska-Illinois game that kicked off the college, the college football season. I mean, people were saying it. if this wasn't the first game of the season, a lot of people wouldn't have tuned in in the first place. Forget this is just this is tuning away from it after the middle of the first quarter. On the Illinois side, you mentioned Brandon Peters out after taking what appeared to be what could potentially be a serious injury there with his shoulder. What do you think Illinois fans have to be thinking when it comes to the quarterback position going forward? We'll talk more about the actual win in the game itself, but we got to get big picture because you said that may be the biggest thing that gets taken out of this matchup. You know, I got to give credit to Brett Bielema and their offensive staff um, going with 48 carries. Now, some of these are also offensive quarterback runs or sacks that get counted as carries. But officially, they had 48 rushes during the game for 167 total yards. I firmly believe that Brett Bielema realized, especially when Brian uh, Brandon Peters went down, that he had to rely on his running game maybe a little bit more than what he expected going into the game. Because if not, you don't want this backup quarterback to have to rely on his arm even though he was pretty efficient throwing the ball throughout the game, you still have to you still want to rely and use your running backs to help your quarterback make good decisions because he did not prepare like the starter to play in this game. So the biggest takeaway, honestly, this is kind of a confidence boost. Yes, it sucks that your starting quarterback may be out for an extended period of time. At the same time, you kind of have a blueprint. We'll get altered throughout the season, but kind of a blueprint for down the road to say, hey, if we do this, we can, can win games. We're not the most talented team, but we have a formula to win a game or two throughout the season with our backup calling the shots. I thought that just watching through the game, my biggest takeaway was that right now these two teams really don't have any sort of completed product on the field. I don't know if there is anything that you can really take away with any sort of major weight to it after a week again zero game between these two teams that were expected to have some things that they needed to figure out 
throughout the season anyway. They, they come together and play this really sloppy game in the middle of what is obviously still a pandemic and a week before everybody else is getting started up. Illinois gets to come away with it saying that they've got a win and it's a win that nobody else in town has. But I really don't think that if you're on either side trying to take away anything big, big, there's all that much for you to do. There's obviously the things you can see that you can work on from just the X's and O's of this matchup. But I don't know if you can take any sort of big conclusions away from a matchup like this, even though you may want to, even though it's the first week of the season. Jay, I want to move over to the Nebraska side. You mentioned uh, quarterbacks running around for a minute. It's a good way to bring up Adrian Martinez. He had himself a nice little run out there, but was really, really off to start the game. Seemed to try and start to collect himself as things went on, but it was a far too familiar story for Nebraska fans from his standpoint, from the whole team standpoint, but really from the quarterback side. He was someone who needs to be better than what he was today. If Nebraska wants to be that step up that a lot of people are thinking they could be if they figure things out. You know, when it comes to Adrian Martinez, I think we have seen the quarterback that he is and will be for a couple of years now. I think it was either last year or the year before. I think it was a couple of years ago. He was kind of your Heisman hopeful. He was in the Heisman conversation going into the season. All of a sudden, you realize Adrian Martinez is just a quarterback. He is what he is. Not going to play up. Not going to be any better. Not going to be any worse. He's kind of the quarterback that he is. And we saw that on Saturday afternoon to kick off the college football season. Yes, for Nebraska fans, you might be saying, well, it sucks that he is who he is and he's not getting better. That's true. I mean, that's 100% true. But Adrian Martinez is who he is. I personally think that his internal clock, you know, the clock that a quarterback has, 1-1,000, 2-1,000, whatever the clock timing is in his head, where he says, look, I got to get the ball out. I think that's one of his biggest issues. Because in a, in a game where you have to throw the football to be successful, he does not get the ball out quick enough. And when he holds on to the ball, he doesn't throw the ball away like he should. I think if he speeds up the in, internal clock, which isn't easy to do, it takes a lot of time, practice, practice, and repetition to do so. But I believe if he sped that clock up, he'd be not the success, not the Heisman guy that he, people thought a couple years ago. But he'll be a quarterback that Nebraska fans will say, okay, look, I see you improving. I see you helping us, leading us to win a game and more games and three games and four games because you are getting better. I think, honestly, he has to get better, but I don't think he will get better. And I think he is as good as – he. Nebraska is only as good as Adrian Martinez is at quarterback, which isn't that good. Well, we released – I released – a episode, little bonus episode on Saturday morning before the game started up, just kind of previewing the matchup. And I said during that that I don't feel like Adrian Martinez is someone who's going to come out this season and do any more than what he's done before. But what he does, I felt like he may be able to do just more of it this season, just because he has a better offensive line with experience around him. He has some weapons to throw to. And we saw some of that. We saw times where he was able to move around in the pocket and really look around a field and work things. We saw times where receivers were able to get open in space, but at the end of the day, even if he's able to get a clean pocket and even if there's a target downfield, those linemen and receivers can't be the ones to make the throws. They cannot physically move the arm for him. So if you see him overthrow those guys like he was in the first half today, it's so frustrating because, again, as you said, 
This Nebraska team's only as good as Adrian Martinez can be. And it seems like right now, in other seasons, maybe you could put some blame on the other places as to why Adrian Martinez wasn't excelling. I feel like this year, if that's what we're going to see out of Nebraska football, it's going to be a realization that it wasn't everything else that needed to be fixed. Because right now, it seems like everything else might be there. And it's Adrian Martinez, at least today, that really dropped the ball early and made this comeback that he had, which was great in the second half, fall a little bit short. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said it so well. I don't want to add too much to what you said because <laughs> he he did it, – it, it is what it is. Like, I hate to just, like, not piggyback off of that, but you did say it well, and it sucks. I expected more from Adrian Martinez a couple years ago. More last year, knowing you're fighting with Luke McCaffrey at the quarterback position – we haven't seen it. Yeah, a 75-yard touchdown run, that's great. I mean, great. You, you did it. But what else have you done? We saw a little bit of the internal clock speeding up in the second half. Too little too late. I just wish we saw better. I wish he was maturing as a quarterback. But we haven't seen it, man. And it sucks for Nebraska fans. Hmm. Well, I've got more I want to talk about through this game with Jay. Nebraska's defense gave up 30 points to an Illinois team that Again, isn't projected to do much. Illinois picked up a first week win, and I got and I got to know what's the atmosphere like in Champaign now as a one and O football team that maybe they weren't expecting to be. We'll talk about all of it here as we continue a look at the first Big Ten game of the season from over the weekend. Alongside Jay Stevens, our Monday co-host, I'm Nate Dickinson here on Locked On Big Ten. We got a new sponsor to tell you about, and it's Sweatblock. Now, Sweatblock has, if you don't know. Some of the best products out there to just making sure that you're not sweating too much. It's the summer months, and it's the dog days of summer now in August. But Sweatblock has you covered. If you have that one shirt that you tried on at the store, it fit perfectly. You looked great. Perfect shirt for you. But then you go out in that hot weather for the first time in it, and it just absolutely gets drenched in sweat. Some people sweat a lot, but some clothes just aren't meant to take any sort of sweat really it seems so if you end up having one of those shirts that just you seem to sweat through every time or if you do just seem to sweat more than normal people you can try out the sweat block wipes to see if it will work for you and if it doesn't they'll get your money back these things are up to seven days effective on your underarms with one set of wipes just wipe them on your arms real nice and easy to do and you're protected good to go for up to a week and again if it doesn't keep your underarms dry, they will refund you your money. And you can save money, too, by using our promo code at the site. Go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your order. That's 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's locked on the promo code. Go try them out. You're going to come back for more. This stuff really, really does work. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. Alongside our Monday co-host and the host of Locked On Buckeyes, Jay Stevens, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're breaking down, continuing to break down, Nebraska and Illinois from Saturday afternoon. It helped kick off the college football season, and while it wasn't a pretty game, it was a game that everyone was definitely welcoming into their homes on Saturday. Jay, a big win for Illinois, and... On Nebraska's side, it's a team that has to go home now to Lincoln and try and figure out what happened after a team that was looking to make a step up, looking to 
hopefully have its first winning season since, what was it, 2012 that this mm-hmm. is at now? I think it is for Nebraska. I'd have to look up and make sure that's right. But it ends up coming home 0-1. And we've talked about the offensive side. On the defensive end, though, this defense gave up 23 points to an Illinois team that was not supposed to do all that much this year. On top of that, it wasn't even to the Illinois starting quarterback. Again, the Illini scored 30. One of them was off that defensive touchdown to end the half. So what are you thinking if you're a Nebraska fan with this defense? Because we had question marks about this offense all along. The defense has so much returning experience back there. It was supposed to be the foundation of this team, at least I thought. You know, the Nebraska team, and I tweeted some things out during the first half, did a less, little less tweeting during the, during the second half, which is trying to like get my thoughts in order for this year's show. The Nebraska defense looked they, they got worn down on. I mean, honestly, if you're a Nebraska fan, you're saying we have some moments where our defense looks good. The defensive line in particular, there was a lot of times it was four against five, and they were doing a phenomenal job against the Illinois offensive line, and that's what led to Brandon Peters getting injured, and nobody knows how long he will be on the sideline. So I don't think that it was the, the entire time they, they played bad. It's just there are a lot of – mistakes there are a lot of issues I think uh um uh Taylor Britt Cam Taylor Britt the kid that had the old issue with the pump return where he threw the ball out the end zone I don't know what he was doing all of a sudden he gets an interception everyone thinks great good move for Nebraska let's keep going the other way Adrian Martinez capitalized on this opportunity all of a sudden it's roughing the pass or penalty and now Illinois goes in and scores those types of things are things you got to fix and you guys got to get right I think Nebraska defense front four front seven I think they'll be okay. The problem is, goes back to the quarterback, if he can't sustain drives, the Illinois offense had a had numerous long drives where you're wearing down on the defense. Eventually, your defensive front will get tired because they're on the field too much. And then you have to worry about, at the same time, them getting issues with the penalties and hurting themselves. So they can't hurt themselves, can't bite, can't, can't stub their toe, um, can't, really hinder any moment momentum that they might get interception roughing the passer on the same on the same type of on the same play you can't have those things happen and they got to find a way to get off the field because if they can't get off the field you know your quarterback's not that good if you're on the field all day it's gonna be a long long day for you you're gonna be really really hating those long trips back to nebraska because it's gonna give you more time to think about what went wrong what happened and why your team is playing the way that it is yeah, I mean, that's the problem. Being tired is an excuse, but it's not a solution. And it right. doesn't get solved until that offense gets figured out a little bit more. But still, on the other end, Illinois picks up a win in which it looked really good at times, to be completely honest. Now, I said this also in our little preview show. Either of these teams could come out looking like they had no idea what they were doing. And Nebraska definitely fit that bill at times. So maybe we (laughs) need to slow down a little bit on just how good Illinois did look out there. But again, Champagne fans are going to be happy about this one. How happy should Illinois fans be? This was a team that I had been saying throughout the preseason, bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten. Do the expectations change at all for Illini fans this season going into everything else? No, no, I I don't think so. You're one with Brett Bielema. You don't know what you're going to expect. Um, 
You're not sure. Now, the, the benefit for them is they have they lead the country in the super senior category. I think it's like 22, 20, 22 super seniors. I think they have 41 that fit the super senior and senior category. So it's a very heavy senior-laden experience team, which is great for them. It's great for them because we're going to help the younger guys learn Brett Bielema's uh, philosophy, learn what he teaches, learn what he wants, the do's and the don'ts while he is the head man there in Champaign. At the same time, it's going to help a lot of the guys that haven't got much playing time say, look, I've been around for a while, seen a lot of football. We haven't been very successful, but let's go out with a bang. They have nothing to lose. So, no, I don't think it really changes the expectations. I think this game in the in the spread, point spread, well, I think I, think I was a seven-point favorite, six-and-a-half-point favorite. I forget what the final betonline.ag point spread was. I think it should have been closer. Like, I, I was kind of worried about, like, the seven-point touchdown favorite that Nebraska was. So I thought that should have been closer automatically because Nebraska, I didn't really think they were going to be all that, not what we saw. I didn't know Illinois was going to be all that either. I think these teams are closer to each other than what we thought before the game. And after watching them play, we're seeing they're a lot closer than what people expected. I don't think it, it changes any expectation for the Fighting Illini fans because I think this whole season they're realizing we have nothing to lose. So if we get – if we're 500, bowl eligible, that's very successful for them because I don't think they know what they – I don't think they know what to expect. I don't think they know what they have on their team at this point in time, even after one game. It was not a clean game by anybody, but everybody has that week one or week zero first game of the season excuse. Illinois, of course, has the win to be able to hang on its shoulders. In Nebraska, even at the times where it was really, really bad, they're at the end of that game. It was able to come back and put together a little bit of a run that made it look like, hey, this, this team is able to kind of game plan a little bit here and put together some things. Illinois is working with the backup quarterback again still for who knows how much longer. And Nebraska has obviously a whole lot of things to figure out, too. I'm not taking too much away from this game either. I still think that Nebraska can be a decent team if it figures those things out. I still think like we've talked about already, Illinois has really a, a free go around and anything that happens positively is just a head start on whatever Brett Bielema was doing with that squad. This was a nice game to open up the football season. It was a big 10 game from between fumbles, uh, missed extra points, missed extra points causing the over to not hit. This was a big 10 football game through and through. And it was good dose of college football to start off everything. I, I think it served that purpose perfectly here in week zero. It did. And I think the game was, I think the game was better. It's unfortunate that, re, that it had to get relocated back to the States. I think it was better in Champaign than it would have been over. It was in Ireland or England, somewhere oh, on the other side of the water was where the game was supposed to originally be scheduled, be played. But due to everything that's gone on for almost what seems like two years now, it had to be played here on the States. I think it was better being played in Champaign on campus traditional tailgating, everything everything that goes into a regular college football game. I think that's a positive. And we have games being played at the Rose Bowl. UCLA is destroying Hawaii. I mean, it's college football is here. And so, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I think the game was was great, too, for the Big Ten, great for college football, and better because it was played on home, on, on home soil. It was a long one, well over three hours long by the time they finished things up over in Champaign. But we, of course, drank in every single second of it right here on Locked On Big Ten. 
Jay Stevens here with us on every single Monday episode of the show. He'll be back next week to recap everything that we do in week one of the college football season out there on the gridiron. And of course, his Ohio State Buckeyes are up on Thursday against the Minnesota Gophers. Jay, I'm going to try and see if we can get you in at some point before that game to chat a little bit about a preview for that matchup too. But just real quick, looking at that Thursday game to open up the season, what do you think about Minnesota and just everything going into the first start for freshman C.J. Stroud? So just like I mentioned with Illinois, where they have a lot of super seniors, a lot of seniors on the football team, Minnesota is a very experienced football team as well. And knowing you have a, what's a true, not true freshman, redshirt freshman quarterback, you have a lot of running backs that haven't played significant football at all, only one Master Teague, which I think it's being glossed over a lot of talent at Ohio State running backs not many guys that have played a lot of football at that position other than Master Teague so that's something to keep in mind I think CJ Stroud is going to be aided by the offensive line but the questions that Ohio State has at linebacker are things that the offensive line is trying to exploit from Minnesota and the running game behind one of the best running backs in the Big Ten uh Muhammad Ibrahim Ibrahim I always get his name mixed up but it's going to be a fun game to watch. Excited for Ohio State to, to get back on the field and play. Excited for the game to be, for Minnesota to be at home, for them to be excited. Got the black jerseys out. Probably going to be a sold-out crowd, 52,000 strong. Very excited for the game to be played. And it's on Fox. Gus Johnson, Joe Klatt, everybody loves all that as well. So I'm excited. I'm sure, Nate, you'll be watching and everybody listening or watching this, this show. I hope you're tuned in too because it's probably going to be a lot better game that many people expect. I will be watching Mohamed Ibrahim and all of the other players who are out there on the gridiron on Thursday night. Jay, we'll, again, hopefully talk to you at some point before that matchup as we lead up and get you an official preview of that game on Thursday. And, of course, he'll be back on Monday again with everything that happens throughout the weekend in the Big Ten in Week 1. Jay Stevens, a Locked On Buckeyes. You can follow the show there. Follow this show wherever you're listening. Jay, before we let you go, remind the people where they can reach you. Nate, this has always been fun. You guys can follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. That is Stevens with a P-H. I'm responsive. I'll be tweeting a lot during, during the college football season because this is my time of year. And, of course, I'm at Nate with Sports on Twitter. The show is at Locked On Big Ten. That's Locked On Big One Zero on Twitter. And we're back every single weekday with another update on everything you need to know in the Big Ten. Until tomorrow, I'm Nate Dickinson, Locked On Big Ten. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten, here to tell you a little bit more about Built Bar, helping you get the show here today. Built Bar is the place to go for all of your protein needs. They have more than 15 grams of protein per bar with less than five net grams of carbs and five grams of sugars as well. It's all the healthy stuff you want without any of that unwanted filler, but great flavor too. Built Bar has 100% chocolate in every single bar, and these things taste outstanding. People are loving the new grasshopper flavor. It's supposed to be a little bit of a play on the mint brownie Girl Scout cookies that people like so much. So you can go and try that or any other flavor out right now at BuiltBar.com and save some money by using our promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team so you know these guys are legit that's built bar helping you get the show here today and we thank you built bar hey nate dickinson here with locked on big 10 
BetOnline.ag is the place to go for any of your online sportsbook needs. The baseball season is back underway. The NBA Finals are wrapping up. And of course, I know you're already looking at some of those football futures for the fall as well. Whatever your need may be, as far as sports betting goes, BetOnline.ag can help you make your money. Head on over to BetOnline.ag right now for all the best lines, all the news you need to make sure you're up to date before you put those bets in, and we'll get you some free money to start out with, too. If you go to BetOnline.ag right now and use our promo code Locked On you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% on top of whatever you put into your account that first time you put money in, just add it on for free. Thanks to the people over at BetOnline. It's BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts.